0: Upon my word, just see how mortal men always put the blame on us gods. We are the source of evil, so they say, when they have only their own madness to think if their miseries are worse than they ought to be. The Odyssey.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole, And I'm Lee Esses continuing our series about the history of story. Last episode, we talked all about prehistory. This time, we're going to take the next step in the development of stories, and that is to talk about gods and fate. Once we developed the idea of the hero, suddenly the heroes needed to champion something. This is also when storytelling starts
0: to get written down. One of the oldest stories we have out there is the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is actually six separate stories that have been combined. But having stories written down helped make things larger than life.
1: One interesting theory about written language and the development of gods is a book called The Alphabet and the Goddess. And it was published in 1998... And the idea behind it was that before writing, during the era of oral storytelling, which was largely driven by women who stayed at home, taught the children, they were the ones to teach the world, during this time, goddesses tended to be more important than gods. If you want a quick breakdown, well, not entirely quick breakdown of that you can go to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. They have two episodes about this book and the theories, and they do look into the flaws of it as well. But it is interesting to see how that change developed, because in the timeline of storytelling, we see in the Sumerian world, which I believe is the first known written language is Sumerian. Back in that day, the people worshipped Inanna as basically the main goddess. She was the mother goddess. And then they had the other gods as well. But as cultures began to shift and develop and writing became more important, it started to shift away from having goddesses as the lead to goddesses as equals to goddesses as underlings.
0: A lot of the connection drawn between masculine and writing comes from writing being mostly a right-handed thing which is the left side of the brain which is the one people associate with masculine activities like logic and thought processes and linear thinking as compared to the right side of the brain is used more creatively with a lot of different thoughts going on at once which is seen to be more feminine. Because writing is by nature linear and enormously helpful in thrusting a culture forward through technology, both of those developed in a masculine sense and, according to this theory, killed off the goddess because
1: masculine started to triumph with the advent of writing. So... At the same time as Inanna, the Sumerian goddess, suddenly you also get a transition to the story of Gilgamesh, which came out of the same culture. For reference, that's about 3000
0: BCE. Another theory is that bicameral mind we mentioned briefly last episode, but with consciousness came, in a sense, the death of the god. In this particular theory by Janes. He says that to a certain extent, the subconscious was super vocal in a way that almost parallels schizophrenics now, so that everyone heard voices in their head telling them what to do. These voices are what have been attributed to gods. His evidence is looking back in history at old stories. There is no internal struggle. There is no internal dialogue. Whenever we as storytellers now would put that kind of introspection, there's a God instead telling them, "Hey, do this instead." It's all external actions. There are a lot of explanations for that, but it's an interesting trend. He says started about
1: 1,000 BCE. So we have this development of gods becoming so much more important in story, in the idea of a hero. A lot of this ancient history tended to have pantheons of gods. They had multiple gods, a god over this, a god over that, a goddess over this. And then you have a fairly unique representation in that time of the Hebrew Bible, where it was a singular god.
0: But the interesting thing about these stories is that your gods are fallible. The gods need humans' help. Gilgamesh the human was called upon by the gods to basically
1: depest a tree. You go towards the Greek and the Roman stories, and you have the demigods and the Greek heroes who were designated by the gods to go out and defeat a thing, to do a job for them. They could easily take care of it themselves, so they're either too lazy or not as powerful as implied or in the case of Zeus, preoccupied.
0: (laughs) A little focused elsewhere. This phase of storytelling has two major impacts that resound through today. The first one is the addition of something bigger, not necessarily something scarier, which we had in monsters in prehistory, but potential allies, someone telling the hero what to do a call to action has been added to this story it's not just they find themselves in a situation and the mountain lion is there
1: this is really where the hero's journey starts because they're doing more than just like in prehistory representing the defeat of something bad something dangerous but they are now representing a bigger cause a fight for the gods The other major impact that this phase of gods and fate in storytelling had on the world is the simple fact of writing things down. This is where we actually know for sure these stories that ancient people told each other. Writing something down,
0: we can all read the same text and all get the same information. So most of the texts from this time period are heroes and religious, often hand in hand.
1: So we can look and we can see these themes and these tropes that were used then that are still used today, like the idea that humans are small but mighty. And therefore humans are useful to the gods in some way. We can also see this idea that back then they saw gods as fallible Humans could influence them and manipulate them. They were not omniscient, as a lot of Western culture sees God to be today. There is also a brief introduction here of enchanted objects. The gods blessed this sword so that they can go out and kill things. Or this goddess dipped a human as the enchanted object in the river sticks.
0: This tends to go away and comes back in the Bedtime Stories Fairy Tales, which we'll talk about later this season. But this is the first introduction of cursed objects and enchanted objects. You look at Jason and the Argonauts,
1: basically their whole thing was just a scavenger hunt. So the question comes in how this can be applied to your writing, how you can use this idea of gods and fate, some of the most ancient stories that we know, to help you. The first thing is to take the idea that there's something more powerful than your hero. A lot of
0: these heroes were invincible with a fatal flaw of some kind. There is something that can defeat them, whether it be a god who strikes them down or crabs and lobsters to attack your ankles. There is something that can conquer your hero. Perfect is no longer
1: interesting. So in modern storytelling, we usually make that something that's more powerful than them have a will of its own. It's a villain, something they can fight, something they can defeat, or something that can defeat them. In ancient literature, this is also
0: your gods who are doing the call to action, saying, hey, dude, I need you to go get the Golden Fleece thingy. That would be great. Thanks. The gods aren't exactly villains. They're almost useless mentor characters, but they are doing this call to action to move things forward. There's a beginning to the story, not just character exists and kills people.
1: In our next episode, we are going to start taking a look at how story came from gods and fate and being used or sent on missions by the gods to suddenly having the ability for an internal story arc where the character the main character changes over time because of the actions that they choose to make
0: so consider what your hero is struggling with and what's compelling them forward what drives them is it something internal or is it something external is there an expectation brought on by something bigger than themselves All of these things
1: come from the gods and fate roots in your storytelling. So you can take this idea and work it into the plot of your story. Maybe you need to have a god that sends somebody on a mission. Maybe you need to have some external force that drives your main character forward. Whatever you choose to use, go out, write that story, and make sure you write selfishly.